The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Women's Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericawomen.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff and management. Do you have aspirations to be a leader in your business or organization? Welcome to Leadership Stars with your host, Linda Patton. Each week, we feature true leaders, recognized in their fields, who provide insight and ideas in creating a strong team, and how you can become an effective leader. Now, here is Linda Patton. Once again, let me personally welcome you to Leadership Stars, where real leaders in network distribution, entrepreneurship, and government who have boldly and unapologetically stepped into leadership will be interviewed on their journey and will share their views on all aspects of creating and leading powerful teams, even if it is a team of only one right now. I'm your host, Linda Patton. I am an international speaker and an international best-selling author, as well as the creator of the book and program, The Art of Hurting Cats, Leading Teams of Leaders. Hurting Cats comes from my journey of stepping out as a major in the military and a vice president in my corporate life and owning my leadership. It teaches you the 12 key steps of leadership. Through Herding Cats, I guide leaders to uncover core strengths, to inspire with shared vision, and to realize their true expertise. I've been successfully developing leaders for over 40 years in the military and in organizations, as well as recently independently as a coach, a mentor, and a guide. So today we're going to answer some questions like, when was the last time you had a play date? Do you even remember what it's like to play and to have fun? Are you stuck in the daily rut, excuse me, daily rut with no room for adventure? How were you taught to behave? Where's the fun and adventure in your life today and in the future? And I'm bringing the priestess of play, Carrie Hargraves, on to talk about how to start living your life playfully. Welcome, Carrie. Thank you for having me on, Linda. It's a real pleasure to be here. And it's great to have you on the show. I know that your signature uh, is the Manhattan. Tell me a little bit about why the Manhattan has become your signature. (laughs) The Manhattan and a purple feather boa. Yes. Yes, I was out exploring San Francisco with my daughter one cool, I guess, spring day. And we had walked all over the city and decided it's time for a drink. So we went down to Pier 39 and looked for a restaurant that had a view from the bar of the bay because we wanted to look out. And I'm really sad to say I can't remember the name of the bar. (laughs) But we sat down and looked at their drink menu, and they had this thing called the Barrel-Aged Manhattan. God, i got to try that. And it was ambrosia. Mm. We both had two of them, and because we had to walk back to the hotel, we only had two. 
But at that moment, it became my favorite drink. And Carrie, you're you're now writing a series on uh, Manhattan recipes, and you're you're tying it to the Manhattan Project and all sorts of other things. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, the the tie to the Manhattan Project just came up recently. I had never put the two together, but I fell in love with the whole concept. So who knows what's going to explode out of that idea? Where that's all going to go? So Terry, Terry, tell our audience just a little bit about who you are, why you do what you do. Because this is a really unique niche that you're in. Well, I uh, I spent about 30 years in corporate, never quite fitting in, but thriving nonetheless, until I finally had the job from hell, mm-hmm. gave myself a birthday present, went into my boss when a major project was done and said, it's almost my birthday and my present to myself is I quit and ran screaming from corporate America vowing never to go back. So I was picking up odd jobs, consulting this and that. I was on the freeway driving out to a consulting job, listening to the radio. A man was being interviewed and he was talking about flamingos. That caught my attention and he was mentioning pictures people send of their flamingos in costumes. I finally realized he's talking plastic flamingos. <laughs> and one sentence, there are even people who rent them by the flock, burrowed into my brain like a parasite and wouldn't leave. It's like, oh my God, that is so bizarre. I need to know more. Next thing you know, I'm in the flamingo planting business. I have a warehouse full of pink plastic flamingos, and I'm sneaking around in the middle of the night, putting them up in people's yards, and I'm actually getting paid for it. It's like, oh, my God, this is so much fun. And I started um, thinking about fun and its role in my life and looking back and realizing one of the reasons why I never completely fit in with my corporate peers is I tried to make my job fun for myself and for my subordinates and for my peers. Um, Life is too short to be serious all the time. I realized it was a theme for me. So Carrie, I'm curious. Um, why don't adults play more? Why do we become that serious person? And how do you get somebody out of that position? We spend a lot of time getting trained to sit down, shut up, and pay attention. It starts in school. The system is set up to handle large numbers of frisky, energetic children, and the only way to handle or at least what's considered to be the only way to handle them is to make them sit down and just shut up and stop playing. Even more regretfully, as uh, since I got out of school, uh, even recess has been eliminated. So planned play mm-hmm. is no longer a part of a child's uh, school experience. Then we spend... We spend 12 to as many as 18 or 20 years in school, and then we have to become an adult, and we go to work, and we raise families, and have careers, and plan for retirement, and it's all very serious. Mm -hmm. Uh, And 
there isn't a course to, to deprogram us after we leave school to bring the joy and play and fun and freedom back into the day-to-day life. But why is it important for us as adults to play? You know, you just said it's sort of for kids, even though it appears that we um, schedule it out of their lives. I know with my girls, um, you know, yes, they had whatever play they had at school. But I know once you get into high school, PE is very regulated and you take particular courses and you have to go through certain cycles and that kind of thing. But they danced. And so their after school uh, activities were very regimented as far as um, you know, taking classes and rehearsals and that kind of thing. And I find with uh, parents today that they're running their kids all over everywhere, but it's all for structured play. So how do we get into a more spontaneous play? It's... It requires an actual change in mindset. And one of the reasons why play is so important is absolutely critical for children because that's where they learn the skills of being human. Mm. Then we, like I said, we spend all of that time adulting and we lose, through the loss of play, we lose a lot of creativity, the curiosity of exploration. If adults can recapture that kid spirit and begin to play day to day, they actually become more productive, produce more ideas. It builds stronger social structures. Isolation, particularly for entrepreneurs, is a big problem. We sit alone at our desk and work. Having... Oh. Play is um, a way to get out and connect with people in an open, free, organic way rather than rather than fully structured. That's very right. critical so, to the way the mind works. So what you're saying is that as, as a creative and an entrepreneur, that getting out and playing with others so it's it's not a solo play it's not like just going out for a walk or um, going to the park and just swinging on a swing and not connecting with anyone but the the play involves um, other folks and to me it also sounds like that you turn your brainstorming um, activities into play and that you'll actually get more creative ideas is that what you're saying that is what I'm saying solo play is also good Taking mm-hmm. a break and taking a walk, um, making it a point to smell every flower you see. Um, if you find a swing set, I highly recommend jumping on it and swinging. Don't try the getting up high and jumping off. <laughs> <laughs> Not a good idea. Been, been there, done that. Doesn't no. work anymore. But when yeah. you can, when you can play with others, it does generate. Um, Many more ideas that uh, free uh, interchange with someone who is not exactly like you opens up all kinds of possibilities. The problem solving. When you take a break and go play, if, you, if you've got a problem you're working on and you just can't solve it, take a break and go play. Mm-hmm. While you're out there playing, the solutions can come from anywhere. They may just pop up, or you at least come back to your work, your problem, refreshed 
Uh, and it doesn't have to be long. 10 minutes is great. Half an hour is better. But any kind of break to do something uh, seen as kind of meaningless, but it's not. It's, it's, it's good for the whole process. Right. So the, the walk that I take with the dog um, as often as I can, um, that 15 minutes or 30 minutes, however long it takes him to wander uh, either through the park or down the trail, I use also as sort of a walking meditation, which is also a great way to connect to that spirit, that childlike spirit, and to, to see what comes up. And some of my best ideas have come from walking the dog. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you're in a different environment. You're actually in his world. And yeah. If you look at the world through his eyes, it's a whole different place. Very inspiring. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not sure that it's all through his eyes. I think a lot of it's through his nose as well, which ours is not quite as strong as theirs is. Um, <laughs> probably a good thing. <laughs> which is probably a good thing, yes. So, Carrie, one of the things, you know, you, you talk about recapturing childhood dreams, delights, interests, plans, uh, that kind of thing. And I know um, in your program, Life 3.0, uh, we one of the exercises that we did was to look at, you know, what were the things that were fun for you when you were a kid? And uh, one of our, our participants uh, couldn't remember what was fun when she was a child. Uh, Carrie, how do you help people to rediscover those things that were fun and um, exciting when you were a child that you could prob- possibly bring back as an adult? I, I've been teaching play for a number of years now, and it, at first it surprised me how difficult it was for so many people to remember anything fun from their childhood. What it takes to recapture it often is just sitting in conversation with a couple of other people and throwing things out like, oh, did you do paper dolls? Oh, yeah, I remember that. I love to make clothes. What kind mm-hmm. of games did you play? Um, the memories start coming back. But just kind of sitting and trying to think of them, it's very hard to break through the blocks. Mm-hmm. So that's an exercise um, that works best with either a leader or or other people who are trying to do the same journey to throw things out to inspire one another to think about it. So, yes, I love to pick up sticks. And Jacks was always had Jacks in my pocket. Mm-hmm. I remember um, doing some programs with the phone company up in uh, Washington State, and their classroom always had, oh, squishy balls and jacks and, you know, other, other playful things that, you, that were quiet um, on the table so that people could, you know, play with them and they could throw them around if they wanted to, if they needed to get somebody's attention uh, and that kind of thing. And, and they also had um, doodle pages that were just uh, you know, random coloring pages, again, just to keep people uh, in, in tune with what was being taught, and yet they could uh, also activate that side of their brain and bring out the, uh, the creativity. And I always thought that that was really great fun. And they also had music on the breaks, which um, you know, I don't find a whole lot either. So what you're saying is that those kinds of things, you know, if you saw them on the table, you might go, oh, yeah, I remember when I was a kid, I used to play jacks or I used to throw balls around or, or I used to doodle. Uh, and that will help you to remember those uh, things? 
Yes, it will. Uh, take a walk through a toy store and mm-hmm. try and find the old-fashioned games. That'll trigger a lot of memories. When I do my workshops live, I always have on the table um, red foam clown noses, paper, um, what do you call them? The long fuzzy sticks. <laughs> my brain has to stop looking. Okay. Um, bubbles. Mm-hmm. And another thing, um, having something to fiddle with with your hands or to doodle is actually a really excellent tool when you're in a meeting or on a long phone call because if Mm -hmm. you keep your hands busy it distracts just the right portion of your mind that you're taking in more information because you're less inclined to daydream so that's yeah that's very important carrie and and what i find interesting is if i'm alone on a long phone call Oftentimes, I'll sit there and actually be doing email and other things, well, in which, of course, you're not supposed to, um, or at least reading it um, to keep my mind active, because otherwise, I, I get in that sense of, oh, my God, I'm bored to death, or my mind does start going in other directions that are not necessarily productive for the meeting that I'm in, yeah? Yeah, so all of that stuff, but <laughs> I heard a lot of it in school is, um, stop playing with things on your desk, stop doodling. Pay attention. Well, now, playing with little things and doodling actually is paying attention. Yes, and well, and and I think also the the dipping of your uh, braids into the inkwell was also a way of um, one playing and two um, paying attention to what's what's going on in class. So, Carrie, when we come back, um, there are some questions I'd like to ask you about roadblocks. And that kind of thing. But I also want to talk about firing the nag. So, All right. So we'll be back in just a moment. Voice America Women's Channel. A leader forward. Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, Plan your path and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Voice America Women's Channel, a leader in the forward movement of women's success. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at dare to dream with linda.com now back to leadership stars welcome back and i'm here with my guest carrie hargraves who as i said earlier is the priestess of play but she has another name for herself carrie what is that other name that you call yourself 
<laughs> I'm a bodacious, badass old broad. And I love it. And you talk about several different acronyms. Um, there's that one. Um, and then there's the S-L-O-L, which I think is the sweet little old lady. Mm-hmm. And then um, there's the mean old broad. Miserable old bitch. Oh, mis- mis- okay. Um, and tell me a little bit about those uh, categories and why you chose them. Well, why did I choose them? I'm not really <laughs> sure why. <laughs> um, we know there are a limited number of role models for aging women. Uh, most of them come through the media or our families. The most pleasant of them is the sweet little old lady. Everybody loves the sweet little old lady. Even I love the sweet little old lady. Uh, I just don't want to be one. <laughs> um, then there's the what I call the MOB, the miserable old bitch. And most of us have had at least one at our Thanksgiving table sometime during our life. That's the one who's like, what's wrong with kids these days? You're keep eating like that. That's why you're so fat. You just you just just love to have her around, don't you? Yes. Well, and at Christmas time, it's great when they say. Why did you decide to go on a diet during the holidays? This is a terrible time to go on a diet. You should eat everything that's here. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then somebody who walks a different path is the bodacious old broad. It's a woman who has decided that the role models don't fit. That this is the time to take control of your life and live the life you want. Because after Mother Nature gives up trying to squeeze that last surprise baby out of you, there's a lot of there's a lot of energy that comes back that can be harnessed to do all of the things that you wanted to do when you were young, didn't get a chance to, or um, experiment with new things, learn new skills like paint or make music that you've always wanted to make, and you realize. You're not going to get a grade. You don't have to be good at it. You just have to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So, so, Carrie, how do you help people to change their mindset? I know I, I work with reluctant leaders to change that mindset so that they recognize the fact that they've been a leader all their lives and they just haven't stepped into it and really owned it. So how do you teach women to step into that playful mindset and own it? Well, it's a. I have a, a like a six step. I call them six secrets to uh, really rocking the rest of your life. And it starts with realizing that it takes courage. It takes courage to change, but it doesn't have to take a lot of courage. Baby steps will work. And once you have that courage, or or are willing to grasp that courage, you realize that it's an opportunity to be a role model and become visible. An awful lot of people are afraid of being visible, but you're visible anyway. So you might as well be seen doing what you want to do instead of being seen behaving. So do you think that, just uh, do you think that visibility is something that women um, don't necessarily crave? I know, again, I, I myself, 
uh, hid behind a curtain, and I still can do that. Um, you know, I did event planning, and you know, the whole idea of my client getting the praise and the recognition and that kind of thing. Uh, and when I talk to uh, women who are more reluctant to step into that leadership, many times they say, "No, I'll I'll just be in the background. I don't need to stand out." And so, you know, social media has made us more visible if we choose to. Um, how else? I mean, how do you know that you're visible and that you're not just part of the wallpaper? (laughs) When people start reacting to you. Okay. You will notice that you're visible. And that's that's what an awful lot of women try to avoid is being noticed or have people reacting to them because they're worried about the judgment. Mm. Oh, they're going to judge me for wearing bright colors or for putting a blue streak in my hair. Well, if you think about it, you're being judged all the time anyway, mm-hmm. good, bad, or indifferent. So you might as well be judged for something awesome. I like that. And, yeah, and then there's always the little self-talk. Oh, my God, what do you think you're doing? The little voice in your head that's probably from a parent or a grandparent or a teacher or a preacher. <laughs> <laughs> I, I call it the nag. And one of your steps in Life 3.0 is all about firing the nag. Fire so, the nag. Fire the nag. And, you know, we, we talked about uh, those very family members, you know, your, your parents, um, your grandmother um, could be an, a spinster aunt. There are all sorts of folks who um, basically tell you you shouldn't. And why are you doing that? Uh, I, as you know, my story is around my grandmother who told me that I should never get up in front of groups of people and talk. I wasn't very good at it. And yet that's what I do for a living now. Um, so actually getting her to be quiet and to, to quote, stop judging uh, was a long, life lifelong um, battle to quiet that down. So it's sort of like, when when does she stop? When do you actually get rid of the nag? Or will they always be there? It's a question of how loud the voice is. I, as far as I know, they will always be there. It's setting yourself up so that you recognize that this is not my thing that's talking to me. It's their thing. And having the courage to run roughshod over what they're telling you. It's like, yes, I hear you, and no, I'm not going to act that way. (laughs) And one of your steps is all around act your age, and there's a big (laughs) question mark after that. Uh, There is. Yeah, what does that all mean? (laughs) Well, who gets to pick how you act at this age? We were told how to act when we were six, seven, eight, probably even younger be a big girl, be a good girl. And like I said, there are only limited role models for aging women in this society. And we don't have to pay attention to them. We get to make it up ourselves. So acting your age is acting pretty much any way you want to. Mm -hmm. Um, It would be nice if you kept it within the limits of the law. Um, (laughs) So true. And excellent if you do not trample somebody else's right to act the way they want to. Mm-hmm. But acting your age is, this is how you're acting and this is your age. So there you go. 
Nobody right. else gets to judge. Nobody else gets to pick. And, and Carrie, I think it's interesting. You know, we talk about um, you know children being told to be a good girl, uh, be a big girl, that kind of thing. And the other thing that we do with girls, especially as they get into their teen years, is to not act older. Um, to you know, in essence, to to keep them to st- stay in the appropriate age, you know, at that time it's the teen years, as opposed to trying to be, you know, in their 20s when they're only 14. So it it works in the reverse as well, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yeah. Um, I I had a a speaking engagement over the weekend, and the women were talking about uh, going to a conference and seeing Gloria Steinem. And you you remember Gloria, yes? That was certainly. Yes, and they were amazed at, I mean, how, I don't want to say bright and intelligent she was, but the fact that she remembered facts about that point in time that, you know, most of us are kind of, really, did that happen then? Um, So it's amazing that, you know, we we look at older women and go, oh, well, they don't remember. Um, They, you know, that kind of thing. And yet, here is a woman who is very powerful in the women's movement and she very much remembers everything that happened and, you know, can still tell about it. And I think that's really a key act your age, you know, whatever that age is, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's part, that's part of my um, point about there are a limited number of role models. And if, mm-hmm. you, if you look at the media, particularly commercials and the like, where um, – I'll have to guard against becoming feeble and losing our minds. And while I'm sorry, it does happen to some people. It's not to the extent that we're led to believe. We're not. We're not really threatened with uh, losing a quality of life to the extent that we think we are. And so it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. Well, I'm getting old, so I don't know anything anymore. Or I'm getting old, so I can't do this anymore. And frankly, that's just BS. Well, and Carrie, I think it's interesting that, you know, when, when your kids are in their teens, especially the 13 to about 25, you don't know anything. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, they wonder how you even get up in the morning and, and get dressed and go to work. And yet, somehow at age 25 and around that age, you become brilliant again. You, you're this wise woman who knows everything. So I, I I do think it's interesting how others' perceptions of us can influence how we come across to others. Uh, you're right. I, you know, as you get older, there's this sense of oh, I have to watch out for Alzheimer's. Oh, I forgot where my keys were. Is that a, the first sign? Um, th- I have. I don't think I've ever seen so many people with Parkinson's syndrome, and you know, and that kind of thing. It's like, are we just uh, activating uh, the reticular activating system, the subconscious that says, oh, you think the world looks like that? Okay, then I'm going to make that world look like that. And I'm going to put those people in front of you as opposed to what you're talking about, which is the bodacious old broad who, you know, does, who feels life fully and experiences it fully, plays, works, does whatever she wants, and really lives a rich and vibrant life. And in doing so sets up a new kind of role model for the generations coming up behind us. Yeah, 
Yeah. I to be honest with you, I'd love to see more older women in uh, in key roles in you know movies and TV and the theater who are those vibrant women uh, and who uh, I mean Jessica Tandy in you know driving Miss Daisy was this sassy sweet old lady um, who you know you sit there and you go wow I'd like to be like that when when I'm her age even if yes. I can't drive at least you know I've, I've got some excitement going on yeah. so <laughs> so Okay, I remember when you were here in, in San Francisco, you used to take people on adventures. You had the Adventure Club. Tell me a little bit about that. Because, I'm going to cough, excuse me. <clears throat> because being playful is not the top priority for an awful lot of people, um, or they want to do things but don't have anybody that wants to go or they don't want to organize. I decided, well, I will take on that role. I will come up with things to do. And uh, anybody who wants to come along, thinks this would be fun, is welcome. So I called it the Adventure Club. And we would do things like walk the Golden Gate Bridge. Mm. There are so many people who live in that area who have never walked the Golden Gate Bridge. That would be fun, but I don't want to go alone. Mm. So... They can go with me. And Carrie, what were some of the races? I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, what were some of the the adventures that you did while you were here? You said you walked the Golden Gate Bridge. Did you take them to the horse races? We did go to the horse races. Yeah. I love the horse races. They're great fun. Um, It's uh, take a $20 bill and have fun all day long. (laughs) (laughs) Little $2 bets here and there, yeah? Little $2 bets here and there. As long as you're judicious with your bar bill, it's a fairly inexpensive mm-hmm. way to spend an afternoon. Yeah. Let's see. What other things did we do? Um, there, was, uh, there was Mexican train night. We played games. Um, Mexican train was the favorite because you can talk and um, sip wine and it's uh, easy to remember whose turn it is most of the time. It doesn't, mm-hmm. require, doesn't require so much mental capacity that you can't just having fun around the sides. Um, I'm going blank. Uh, okay. Oh, we did um, indoor skydiving. Aha. And, well, uh, and one of your members actually did live skydiving, didn't she? Yes, that was on her own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think this is very interesting because it ties really nicely with a previous guest that I had, Danielle Washington, who talks about younger women and you know, not you know, wanting to travel and how how um, empowering that is, and going rogue and going where you want. Uh, when and her whole thing with even that age group is the fact that well, I don't want to go alone. Um, you know, what if I run into trouble? Um, you know, how you know I won't have any fun because I won't have anybody to have fun with. And yet, I was telling her that one of the things that I did, I I took a river cruise after one of our conferences. In, up the mine, the Rhine, and the, and the Danube, and had a blast. And I went by myself, but I was paired with a couple, and they had a spare man. Uh, and the four of us hung together through the whole cruise, and we did all sorts of things that were not on the agenda. Uh, and it was just really, really great fun. And it was also for me getting out of my corporate rigidness 
uh, and really just exploring and having a blast and doing fun stuff and going to, uh, you know, interesting restaurants and, and that kind of thing. So, audience, I think what you're hearing here is that it's, it's not uh, just staying in your own playground. It's expanding that playground and really looking at where else can I go? Can I find somebody to go with me? Or am I just going to go because I want to go, have the adventure, and you'll find people who you can play with while you're there? Um, would you agree with that, Carrie? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that sums it up perfectly. Okay. And, and definitely people won't think you're weird and inappropriate, right? If they do, so what? you have some of the most intriguing um, pictures of older women being bodacious and bold and totally unapologetic and give me just one tip before we go to break on what those women represent to you they represent complete acceptance of themselves as they are doing the life that they want, um, unapologetically, boldly, and without worrying one little bit about what anybody else thinks. Okay, that's perfect. So when we come back, we're going to ask Carrie about how do I get started on this? How do I break out of this mold? And what kinds of things can I do right now? So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Let leadership expert Linda Patton be your guide to uncovering the leader that lives within you and that you are meant to be. Through her signature training programs and workshops, Linda takes you every step of the way to help you tap into your personal leadership power, design a clear vision, build a loyal, effective team, and create a practical plan to make your dream come true. Get started now by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Voice America Women. Your passion starts here. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back. I'm here with my guest, Carrie Hargraves. And I was, I was just looking at your bio, Carrie, and, and I love this sentence. It says, after a million jobs in about 50 years, chances are Carrie has been there and done that. I think that's, it, 
I, and I love the fact that you're also known here often as the flamingo lady um, with with what you do with people to um, help them to be more creative and more playful, more adventurous. I think the fact that you did flamingos is the perfect metaphor for who you are. <laughs> yes, it's the flamingo job that led me to myself and my passion. So I finally, finally embrace who I really am. So I finally broke out of the mold, so to speak, and um, you know, flew almost like a flamingo. You know, you flew, <laughs> <laughs> squawking all the way, squawking all the way. Um, so, Carrie, we talked a little bit uh, at the break about um, how do you start. I mean, okay, you've got, I've got, um, well, at least forty years of conditioning. Uh, to be this sober, um, responsible, uh, even as a leader, you know, you look at leaders, oftentimes they're somber and, you know, they, they don't, they don't seem to have any fun outs, you know, unless they do it outside of the job. How do they, how do we get started to, in essence, break that mold and to, as leaders, be, more fun, more playful, more adventurous, so that we can help our teams to do that. Well, you've got it exactly right. The leaders have to start because the energy of an organization comes from the top. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that somebody in the middle of the organization can't start. Then it pretty much only affects those that are below them. Mm -hmm. So the higher up in the organization program can start, the better. And for someone who has been strapped down into the corporate or business mold, it requires taking it on as a project, just like any other project. Mm. You're going to do a quality control project, you learn what you need to do, and you start to execute. The same thing for play. You have to address it to start with as a little bit of a job Mm. until it becomes more natural. Um, Okay, so... Take everybody out for a walk. It's a quick and easy <laughs> one. It will leave them baffled at mm-hmm. first. Um, you really want to be a little bit more outrageous, take them for a walk and skip for a little bit. Ooh. Bring jump little, ropes. Jump ropes or or a ball. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, I, I, I like that as a, as a beginning. So, But take it on a, as a project. So almost you could fit it into the steps of herding cats with, okay, you have a vision. You have a vision of your team, and they're working together. They're highly creative. They come up with these great ideas. They're having fun. They're, they're taking adventures. You, know, you, you don't see a somber moment you know, in, in the office. And so, okay, so I see this vision, and I, I, you know, I can feel it, hear it, all this good stuff. And then looking at, well, what are the milestones? What are some of the things that, you know, we'd, we'd have to do to make that happen? And literally chart the course. And, and so, you know, okay, so that sounds a little, a little um, uh, somber and mundane, but, you know, considering what you're creating the project for, that could be great fun. Yes, it could. Um, I love your um, creating the vision. Mm-hmm. And on my side of that, sort of thing in the playful part I call it pretend Ooh, yeah. Be- because pretend is actually visualization on steroids uh, when you're pretending you're in it when you're visualizing it 
This is the way I see it. You're visualizing it out in front of you when you're pretending you're doing it. Ooh. Yeah. I like that. I like that concept. Because um, I know, okay, as you, I guess as you know, I, I'm a frustrated um, leader. I was a major in the military, and I'd walk into a room, and unless there was somebody who outranked me, everybody would stand up. And it's really hard when you come into into your own business and you're working with entrepreneurs and even if your team are employees as opposed to contractors, they don't have to stand up. Uh, and in fact, if you're lucky, they'll even recognize the fact that you walked in the room. <laughs> so, so it's 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 very hard to sort of break through that and to understand, well, what do I have to do differently? And I, lo- I love the idea that in helping your team to be more creative and out-of-the-box thinking and this kind of thing, that play can be a part of that. And to pretend uh, and not just, you know, set the vision and then pretend it's art, you know, see yourself actually in it and pretend it and bring it to, you know, what you're doing currently. I think that's just really, really powerful. Um, that. What else would you recommend for leaders to do to get their team to be playful? Um, one I used to love to do is create some kind of goofy award, and and the the trophy should be something goofy. I had an inflatable dinosaur. I remember and, him. <laughs> and award it for something off the wall, uh, not the highest productivity and all of that, but award it to whoever was the happiest this week or whoever brought the most creative snack for the potluck. It it could also be the person who wore the most interesting socks. Exactly. Yeah. And and they keep that award for a week and then... uh, People will start to see that. Well, maybe maybe they really do mean that we're supposed to be enjoying ourselves. We're not going to get some kind of ugly backlash, particularly in corporations. Um, the employees are very suspicious about new programs because they've seen a thousand of them come and go. But when they recognize that, you know, the leader is playing. The leader is smiling. When you get called to the office, it's not to, it's not for something <laughs> awful. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I used to hate when my bo- boss would say, Linda, come here. And I'd, I'd go, okay, what did I do wrong? Who could have called? Uh, you know, what cu- customer complained? You know, do we get a bad review on our training program? You know, that kind of thing. I never thought of, gee, this is going to be a, a – she's going to give me something great. I'm going to get a, a reward uh, – Goofy trophy. Um, it, it was all you always thought of the bad things that could have happened, and even if it was your performance evaluation, you know, I have I want to talk to you about your performance evaluation. It was never this light thing of, gee, we get an opportunity to talk about how you've done last year. It was always I need to talk to you about your performance, which yeah. always sounds like it's oh my god, what did I do wrong? Um, what did I mess up now? What what goals did I not meet that she? or he thought I should have. So I, I like the idea of people being almost excited about being called to your office um, yeah. because there's likely to be something fun coming out of that. Imagine the change of energy that would give to an organization. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think it would make it extremely powerful. And, you know, leaders, we get we get the opportunity to do sort of what we want. We don't have to follow the status quo. In fact, part of being a leader is that whole creativity piece, finding out what motivates the people in your organization, and then how do I make that happen for them? And it's not cleaning the refrigerator. <laughs> Well, it's definitely not that one. <laughs> Although I, I suppose you could find a, a really fun, creative way to make that uh, music. You could basketball. You know, you find anything in there that doesn't, you know, that's over a week old, and we, we have a basket. And you know, if you can throw it through the basket, the person who gets the most amount of baskets gets a prize. <laughs> it might be one way to do that. Uh, anyways, uh, Carrie, you are offering something very fabulous for our listening audience. And so, what is your free gift? Well, I wrote an ebook. Um, it's for sale on my website, but for your listeners here, I'm offering it as a free gift. It's yep. 10 quick and quirky ways, or 10 quick and quirky activities to boost your creativity and um, improve your productivity. It's a long name, and I sometimes get it scrambled up, so it's something close to that. But anyway, <laughs> it's, it's, it's 10 um suggestions for something to do to break the stress cycle when you're stuck on a problem just open it and pick one do that be able to come back to your uh, work or project refreshed and renewed with new ideas Um, it's also many of the activities that i teach to my uh, clients Mm -hmm. it's like sing get up and dance (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if you've got a problem going on that you can't handle at your computer, put on a little music and give yourself a five-minute dance break. It's good for your body as well as your mind. Yes. And and so Carrie's free gift is her ebook, and it's 10 quick and quirky activities to boost your energy and jumpstart your creativity. That's and you it. Can, right. And you can find the link to that on my website at www.dare, the number two, dreamwithlinda.com and I know Carrie's delighted to have you pick that up um, and, and I know that the, the tips and tricks that she's given us um, really do work um, if, you, if you can get up and dance it's amazing what it does to you know, your pheromones and your energy and your joyfulness and when you do sit down to do that activity that you've been dreading goes so much quicker and so much easier than when you were sort of slogging through it before you actually took that break. I think that's why, uh, as much as I I don't like to say that the government actually has a reason for things, but I think that's part of the reason why you get two 15-minute breaks a day. You get one in the morning and one in the afternoon, and of course you get lunch, which is designed for food. But I think those two breaks were at one time designed for people to get up, get out, and go do something else, you know, that could be fun, and you know, a quick walk, you know, grab a chat with, with one of your friends, if you had, you know, some kind of playground equipment out there, you know, to do something with that. And I think it's interesting that it's there, but we don't use it for what it was put there for. Oftentimes, we don't use it at all, mm. which is really a shame. Yeah, you can't find the time to take a break, which is, you're right, it's very sad that we are, we, we feel that we're that driven and that stressed that we can't take a break and have some yeah. fun 
and do something great. Yeah, yeah, and it's counterproductive because when you take the breaks, you get more done when you come back. Exactly, exactly. Uh, And I think that's that's really critical. Uh, Again, as, as a leader, one of the things that's extremely critical is that you ensure that your people are taking breaks, that they are getting up and dancing, that they are going out, getting some fresh air, get out of the building, you know, see what the weather actually looks like if you're in a building that has no windows. And I've been in some of those. Um, It's very weird not to know, you know, what's going on outside, what the weather's like, uh, and you can't celebrate the rain here in California. Um, So, Carrie, we're getting close to the end of this fabulous conversation. And so I'd love to know if you have a couple last tips or tricks that you'd like to share with our audience. Yes. Um, When you're given an opportunity to do or try something new, say Mm -hmm. yes. Um, Even if it turns out you don't like it, you'll have an awesome story to tell. And if you do like it, you'll have something new to add to your arsenal of fun and wonderful things to take care of. So consider saying yes more often. Um, Start saying no to the things that don't bring you joy. And look at the world in new ways. Uh, Drive to work a different uh, route. Shop in a different grocery store. Change up little things, and you'll be surprised at how much your world opens up and how many more opportunities you'll see for having fun. I also recommend dancing and singing to the music in the grocery store, but that might be a little advanced step. (laughs) (laughs) And hope you don't run into anybody. Um, I, I I have to concur with you on the drive a different way, um, you know, walk different ways, whatever it might be. I, I remember um, I drove, well, there were only so many routes to get to work. And I remember actually having not driven this route for a while. And I come back and I go, when did they put that 15-story building up? <laughs> I did not remember any of it. And this weekend, we decided to do a different grocery store. And literally, my husband couldn't remember how to get there. You know, it's like, <laughs> Yeah, he he wanted to go up this, and I go, no, dear, that's not how you get there. And we get so locked into those things that um, are safe, and we we know them. They're actually in our subconscious, and we don't even think about it. So, to close today, let me remind you, audience, as leaders, one of your jobs is to create creative ways of getting out of the box, having some fun, creating adventures for your team. And so until next week, let's see what you can make happen about that. Thank you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Stars. Please join Linda Patton for another engaging edition of our program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll feature another noted leader next week.